hello and welcome to the Process Over Profit podcast. My name is Jack Fleming. We're streaming live right now to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. I'm here with Brandon Walker. Um, I'm not a serial entrepreneur yet, right? You only do your one, Certainly only one business not. yet. But the first time I met him, he actually was speaking at UNCW at Business Week, talking about um, sales for Untapped. Yeah, and we'll go into that a little bit more and how you started there and, and then now transition to your own thing. Um, but yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate Sweet. it. So we'll we'll dive into it. Um, you want to give a little background story on you to start just so people sort of get a gist of uh, what you do, how you sort of like got to where you are and so that our viewers and listeners can uh, sort of get to know you a little more. Definitely. Do you want me to talk to you or talk to the camera? uh, uh, You you can talk to me. Honestly, you can talk to me. They're here to hear us and it's our conversation. So you can do whatever you want. That sounds good. I'll bounce back and forth, I guess. So uh, yeah, as you pointed out, started at Untapped when I was 20. So I dropped out of college to get started with a guy who is a serial entrepreneur, George Taylor, he and his son had started a company called Next Glass that ultimately acquired Untapped. And I was brought on as the first salesperson when I was 20. And um, within five, six years, I had 40, 50 people underneath me. We ended up exiting the company to private equity. And uh, since that happened last March, I then transitioned into starting Beanie and Blazer, which is the project that we're working on now. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing with Beanie and Blazer is training people on the fundamentals of um, how to live a fulfilled and high performance lifestyle. So mm-hmm. helping people identify their core personal values, what makes makes them tick, what goals they want to set for themselves, and then use neuroscience, philosophy, and an actionable methodology to help them integrate the lifestyle that they want for themselves. That's awesome. That's awesome. Why is there anything that sort of you learned from your shirt, your short time in college that transferred over to like the work world directly? Uh, nothing. Honestly, I went to a liberal arts school to play basketball my first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, along the way, an entrepreneurship class and a marketing class. And didn't get too much out of those in particular, but what I did learn in college is, you know, self-sufficiency. I started a small business when I was in college. So uh, time management and how to build a small business relative to a startup. So there are definitely a lot of things during that era that I learned from, but I can't honestly say that like the class is directly attributed to. Yeah. So, so you basically just learned from straight experience, straight doing sales and building within a company school of hard knocks mm-hmm. yep yep fortunately I had some great mentors and supporters along the way like i think i would be definitely a little bit egotistical or naive to say yeah i was, was, was gonna ask like how do you just get directly into sales like i don't maybe, maybe it's when you're just good off the bat you're just great at talking to people um but yeah. a lot of sales is learning uh about other people as i was like research and you gotta know maybe uh you have scripts maybe some people just go off the bat but uh what are some things you learned from just doing sales? Yeah, I for me, it was, I think some people have the innate ability to gab, you know, the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. And that is something that some folks index higher for that attribute than other people. And they're probably more natural storytellers or able to communicate or influence others. Mm-hmm. But sales is part art, part science, right? Like even those who are naturally gifted with the gift of gab, they may not have the technical prowess or the drive or the 
comfortability and going for the close um, at the time that the deal needs to turn into a deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, we certainly use scripts. Like all the research was done through some of the best minds in sales, you know, like Dale mm-hmm. Carnegie and Jordan Belfort and just reading through as much as I could about the science side of it. And as time went on learning what of the, the art side, the stuff that comes a little bit more intuitively, how can we train that and scale that up across multiple people in an organization? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's been really cool to see, um, untapped grow i know i toured actually once because i was trying to do marketing for different people and uh i remember talking with different beer companies in town of which no one was really hiring for marketing because they're all newer and they had really small staffs and mm-hmm. everyone's doing like either banking or sales or not not direct marketing <laughs> but i toured um, and uh, the office was sick honestly yeah yeah <laughs> no it was a it was an amazing experience with amazing people and the company is still doing fantastic you know so i'm super grateful to have had untapped that sales experience as mm-hmm. part of my professional background mm-hmm. and it now has carried over into what you're doing with the uh Union blazer definitely doing, uh, some uh, i don't want to just call it coaching but it's more like, I guess, advising. Um, I saw that on your on your uh, LinkedIn as well that you've advised some other companies. And yeah, so you're sort of like basically taking the, the the role of advising into putting it under a business category. Yeah, I think you know with Beanie and Blazer, we want to help people who are entrepreneurs, uh, primarily business owners, but then also we're interested in working with people from the arts, the military, mm-hmm. and the objective is so many people go through their entire lives living by some standards that either they've been holding on to for themselves since they were a lot younger or that other people have placed on them and folks run into these call it a midlife crises at some point because they recognize the life that they've been living hasn't actually aligned with what they really do truly want for themselves mm-hmm. and so i i see it as our responsibility to help people get clear on what it is that they want you know free of uh, social conditioning, self judgment, etc., and then arm them with the tools to be able to go, you know, walk that journey for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think t- circling back on the advisory thing, like yes, we definitely do coaching as part of that, but at our core, you know, that's the mission that we're trying to accomplish through whether it's educational materials, programming, coaching. Mm-hmm. What's really cool, um, you've done a little uh, presentation to uh, was it Million Cups? on uh, Beanie and Blazer, and so you got to sort of give a background uh, on the company, but you had, it's you as well as uh, a few other people, right? You yep. have a few other people on board who are um, sort of in different categories. You know, they're not necessarily like like a sales, um, like team manager guy. They're more like, a, you have a like neuroscientist on the board, right? Yeah, yeah, we have a PhD of neuroscience and an executive coach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is we wanna bring these different elements of neuroscience philosophy. And for me being the boots on ground, like how do we actually influence change on people? Like what questions do we need to ask? What systems they need to develop? Mm-hmm. So between the three of us, we're able to put them together that, you know, builds you back up in a scientific way, but connects it to the emotions that you'll invariably run through. Mm-hmm. Is there any, any, I don't want to say struggle, but is there any, any way that you're sort of trying to, have a competitive advantage over other people around because i feel like a lot of coaches these days might portray like other science like they have some people have a lot of um, experience behind things driving them and that's what was brought up to um in the, in the conversation it was like hey like these people have 
50 years of experience coaching versus you're coming in at uh, you're young still yeah yeah whatever age you are um with experience and like why would somebody pick you over someone else yeah i mean i, I certainly think adding a rolodex of partners mm -hmm. like with backgrounds in academia and business and proven track records uh, i think certainly adds a lot of credibility where it's not just brandon trying to be a guru because that's never been the plan it's never going to be the plan it's mm -hmm. it's about this thing that we have developed collectively that adds so much value for people but then from a differentiation standpoint you know there's a big momentum shift right now especially in business and covid was a big driver of this more self-awareness, more uh, awareness of mental health and mm -hmm. an ability to build businesses or pursue ambitions without burning yourself to a crisp along mm -hmm. the way because so many yeah. people succumb to burnout, depression, yeah. you know, anxiety. And yeah. so uh, I think if, if I were to say, what is our differentiator? It's that we really want to be the group that comes in with a mental health and, and heart based approach to business where um, a lot of folks are either positioning themselves as life coaches or executive coaches. We really want to marry both of those uh, avenues. Yeah, that's awesome. I've actually talked with a, uh, a therapist uh, on my podcast too. And they cool. brought up like, like the things that truly drive entrepreneurs, what we struggle with. And it's honestly like something that doesn't get talked about enough, man, because entrepreneurs really sometimes struggle. And it's honestly like we don't want to be talk about like behind the fact that if someone like, you know, like, I don't want to say like commit suicide, but like the, 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 the rate yeah. for entrepreneurs committing suicide is pretty higher than normal people mm -hmm. um, because of failure and a lot of other things. But like we don't want to talk about that after it happens. Honestly, we want to sort of like nip it in the bud before so it does need to be talked about more, but I think that's really cool that you're sort of merging the two between mental health and also like actual business skills that are needed. Yeah. Uh, sales, management, whatnot. I thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, it's really easy to as an entrepreneur or like even if we pull out the entrepreneur identity, just somebody who wants to accomplish something of of real meaning and value in their lives right mm -hmm. where, like where they really have to stretch themselves it's easy to become obsessive over whatever that end goal is mm -hmm. you know and so you always have to ask yourself why does this matter what is the metric of success that i'm actually trying to pursue is it to make a ton of money and if so that's cool whatever if that's mm -hmm. your thing is it because you're really passionate about solving this problem is there a part of the creation process that really just fascinates you but it's important to self-check along the way and just sort of create these milestones or inflection points to check back and check check in to make sure that you're doing well emotionally, cognitively, and that that end outcome, that why you're doing this is still in alignment with what you're actually mm -hmm. pushing for. Yeah. Because when you get obsessive over an outcome, even if the even if the end result is not suicide, like think about rates of depression or mm -hmm. just mental health, physical health. You have a lot of you know obesity and uh, um, physical health issues in entrepreneurship too, because you're sitting at your desk for 80, 90, 100 hours a week, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's a really long-winded way of saying you know making sure that you're understanding why you're going where you're going and checking in with yourself is just so damn important, so you're not retroactively realizing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This is not what I, I think. Do. I think making those short-term goals are great, 
because obviously like entrepreneurship is so many people have long-term goals be like hey i want to make this company that changes the world i want to make this company that makes a ton of money uh i want to manage all of these people but like in the same sense people are saying that but they're sitting here in an office in wilmington with one person i'm literally just talking about me um yeah but no, they're sitting here true. in wilmington office playing long game with podcasts but they're like hey i want to do all these goals but also i need to make some short-term goals along the way because if i keep harping on those long-term goals I'm not going to get there very quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's going to be that gap between, you know, what you want and what you don't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's really cool. Um, I'm not as big into mental health and entrepreneurship as I need to be mainly just cause I'm always a positive person and good. I'm, I'm all about the process of building things. And so I, I'm, I'm all down just for hardships and, and, and success and all. Um, but I'm sort of just taking it as it comes. But uh, how have you, um, taken the aspects you learned from managing people and having people under you um, to other uh, like circumstances or with Beanie and Blazer? How have you transferred things that you learned in Untapped to uh, other things? Good question. Uh, I think the the success that we had at Untapped with the sales team, you know, and, and you heard this story during the One Million Cups presentation, but we were we were winning these awards for, you know, fastest revenue growth in the state of North Carolina. We were making the Inc. 500 list year after year, and then we were simultaneously winning these cultural workplace awards. Like people really enjoyed being there, and what we were doing that was a, a little bit unorthodox at the time that is now becoming more commonplace was focusing on some of these. Uh, broader skills that go beyond how to sell effectively. So things like how to set goals inside and outside the workplace, how to get better sleep, how to cut toxic relationships out of your life. And so as we were training salespeople on some of these skills, they were sticking around for a longer period of time. There is more loyalty, they were performing better. Mm -hmm. And so the idea became, can we use these same principles that we were using to make happy and successful salespeople? And can we just sort of plug that in regardless of what your value set or pursuit is. And so I think that whole core philosophy in how I managed people at Untapped became a basis for what has developed into the curriculum that we've created, mm -hmm. you know, just based on those, those tenets and ideas. Mm -hmm. and, and you leaving, cause I'm pretty sure they're still around, right? Uh, yeah. Who's that? Untapped? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah, company's still, doing, still around. doing well. So yeah. yeah, doing well, obviously it's, acquired by private equity yeah so it's i guess technically it's under new management yeah yeah um so with your plan to leave was that because it was a good time to leave and it's a good shift like you're leaving on a good note or what was this sort of like the reason for leaving yeah you everything thing or everything was great um you know covid impacted us like everybody else mm -hmm. so right before you know as as things were settling down we had to go through layoffs and mm -hmm. You know, it, it was just going to be, at least from my observation, it looked like the next year or two because COVID was this uncertain, unknown thing. My responsibility was basically going to be rebuilding the team that we had just had to dismantle as part of COVID yeah. and, and the layoffs. And I was ready for something a little bit more dynamic. You know, I didn't know how the corporate environment would suit me or how I would suit the corporate environment. And it just felt like a natural time to figure out what I wanted the next uh, chapter to look like. That's awesome. That's awesome that you were able to sort of see the situation that's happening. And that comes with entrepreneurship too. It's like seeing it's timing. It's knowing like, okay, what's going on now? 
what can I plan for? Like, obviously there's risk in staying and there's risk in leaving and doing your own thing, but it's just seeing where, what your current situation is and, and planning for the future. Yeah. And you know, they say there's never a good time. And I think that's true, yeah. but, uh, Actually, I think it's a great time. time. Right? I, I have a I have a friend who started. They started a cross space, um, like restoration company. Launched it right after Florence came through. Mm. I was like, that's great timing. That is phenomenal. <laughs> Talk timing. about phenomenal timing for for a business. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear a little bit more about being Blazer. And so, what you said, you trying to focus on basically a lot of different people, um, like corporate owners, like musicians, artists. Is there anyone, and it's new enough to where you don't really have, you're still building it, right? You don't have enough, like, you don't have a ton of people in, as a clients or as mentors, as advisees yet. Um, so sort of just getting your name out there and uh, sort of just trying to promote what you're doing, right? Yeah, we were in the process of developing the next iteration of our first product, the Mindset Accelerator. And uh, I made the decision that we were going to postpone the go live of that as we're thinking through, you know, what's the right strategy for us to take this core competency, this core methodology to market. Mm. And so the idea being uh, between me, Dr. Guadagnoli and Juddy, the ones who co-created the curriculum, we all do B2B coaching work, whether it's leadership consulting, management consulting, cultural development. And so we're looking for opportunities to deepen relationships with companies where we can come in and train the leadership and the subordinate staff and the middle management to build a, an organization around the idea of heart performance and heart led uh, leadership. Mm -hmm. So we had initially intended to go direct to consumer and build a community of people uh, specifically who are buying courses, going through courses. And so we're currently rethinking that strategy, thinking about how we can layer in the coaching work that we're doing on the business side and uh, find some efficiencies that, you know, can help us streamline processes going forward. Mm -hmm. So you're basically going to, I don't want to say advertise yourself like other coaches do you probably do the same like social media ads uh funnels getting people's names and numbers and calling them up i know i do i get phone calls all the time from people suddenly they have an email and phone number and they're, they're trying to like sell me they're like hey you, you put your you gave us your name and number we're just calling you a follow up if you still want this um i guess that's probably still how you're gonna go, go yeah about selling, right i don't know if we're gonna do like fortunately between the three of us our network is pretty extensive so mm -hmm. starting off with referral based relationships because if you think about it somebody like a digital marketing consultant mm -hmm. you know that is uh anybody who needs to grow their business online you find a digital marketing expert who suits your needs and you're off to the races for us we're looking for a very specific type of person who wants to reframe the way business is done, thinking about mm -hmm. recovery and mental health and some of these other things mm -hmm. first and foremost. And so uh, probably traditional ad avenues are not gonna be the best basis for us. It'll be referrals yeah. to uh, individuals who sort of fit that schema. Mm -hmm. And then just continuing like you to build relationships online through, uh, you know, whether it's LinkedIn through our podcast, some of the other mediums that we have open. Yeah, up. I guess the, the follow up question was, how would you call uh, qu like qualify people? And yeah, I guess you're still figuring that out. But uh, it's it's uh, it comes with referrals and probably, you knowing people less of 
doing a, a Facebook forum. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll obviously tap some of that. But for now, it's just curating the product and finding the best avenue to scale that up. Mm -hmm. So beginning stages of big things. It's, it's really cool to see. Um, how are you? I think there's, and I, I've mentioned this on a few podcasts already, not saying like I disagree with coaches and all, but there's a lot of um, smoke out there. Mm. There's a lot of people claiming that they're good at stuff um, and they have some experience and they have some referrals, whether they're actual true testimonials and referrals or not. Um, people make money on selling like BS. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes like it works because they're still doing it. But how like would you, and I guess it comes more from, you knowing people and having actual referrals, but how are, how are you going to battle like people may be nervous about like, I don't necessarily trust coaches because some of them are fake. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm really going to learn. How, how are you going to battle that? I think, you know, number one, you shouldn't have fake testimonials ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> we had 12 students go through our program back in November, have testimonials from that. We have all the data supporting the changes that they've made in their lives and how it's impacted them. And so that's really beneficial. Um, number two, playing the long game with content. We create really good content on our podcast, on our Instagram. And when you get a bite-sized chunk of something, they're like, damn, that really resonates. You know, you're far more likely to want something else or yeah. look a little bit deeper at it. And then finally, like, we have the bona fides of a PhD on the team. So it's yeah. not like I'm the 26 year old kid mm -hmm. who was part of an exit and now is trying to do this guru thing. Like I don't put myself at the front of everything. You know, it's what we have created together that really holds the resonance and the power. And it's validated by so in some cases, centuries old mindset uh, or thousands of years old mindset traits, you know, from old Eastern philosophies and in some cases neuroscience that's really bleeding edge and talks about flow states and um how important sleep and recovery is mm -hmm. so everything has an underpinning in either time-tested modalities for philosophy or hard science mm -hmm. i think that's really good to hear i i haven't interviewed a lot of people who are trying to get into coaching and or doing it now and because I, I think it's a battle I, I i'm a person who doesn't necessarily like just trust people off the bat um or like i'll, I'll end up with some coaches funnel again they'll call me and i'm like hey like i get them a lot i don't i just don't know if if what i want i want to pay uh a couple k for something that you know i literally could find online for free as valuable content because so many people are making valuable content these days that's true. I I have been more based on referrals. I've taken a lot of online courses mm -hmm. and some of the ones that I've spent some good money for a couple grand have blown my mind. Like mm -hmm. in order to get that same data, just scraping the Internet and trying to put it together yourself would have taken months, years even to aggregate mm -hmm. all the data that got fed into it. And, and then having the modality of the community and the supporting assets for it. Like there's a lot of value in if you find the right person, the right program, uh, you'll get a lot from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why some courses are that much money is because it's the aggregation of a lot of info in one place versus you having to go to a lot of different places to find possibly similar things from different people and, and doing your own research is sort of all there. Yeah. And I mean, there's a coaching component, assumably, mm -hmm. as part of it. So you have time and... Mm -hmm. uh, and then hopefully the deliverables, like just from a pure ROI standpoint,
you're bringing enough value to the table that it's just worth it in its own right. Yeah. What are your goals? Like, do you have, do you want to specifically have like a few people that you help with for like coaching or do you want to be like plug as many people in as possible to like, sort of like courses you do or what, what are your short-term and long-term goals for being in Blazer? Yeah, these are some of the questions that we're actually going back to the drawing board and revisiting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, me being a solo entrepreneur, solo investor, and it being the COVID era, there are a lot of challenges with that, especially mm -hmm. in trying to build something that is aggressively blossoming, direct to consumer, and scaling that up in the same pace and style I'm accustomed to with a cash back startup like at untapped it's mm -hmm. it's challenging yeah and so some of the goals that we had initially set the the pace at which we wanted to accomplish them did not align with what we're actually able to sustain as mm -hmm. a small team and so we're that's that's part of the the intent behind thinking through this b2b strategy or direct to consumer is you know how do we want to show up every day what are some of the goals that we want to accomplish but i can say with certainty that it is my objective is to bring this type of a methodology and awareness to as many people as possible and help them change their lives and the lives of others for the better and um i trust that we'll find the right river to take to mm -hmm. make it's that like happen. brand mission right there yeah brand mission in a nutshell that's great um what tips do you have i make everyone say this uh, what tips do you have for younger people i guess we're, we're both really young people, but uh, yeah, people who are miss, maybe in college or maybe thinking about dropping in on college, I don't know. Um, what tips do you have for people in entrepreneurship business space who are like 18 to 21-ish? I would say um, ask yourself, the, I mean, the same question you just asked me, like, why do you want to do this? What are what are the actual metrics that you bear success on? So is it is it money? Is it happiness? Is it work-life balance? Is it impact? Like wh whatever the thing is, just trying to get as clear as possible on the drivers, because that is what perpetuates momentum and enthusiasm. And it's also serves as guardrails to make sure you don't get too far off off mm -hmm. track. So I would say, yeah, just being really clear on that, um, making sure that you take time to recover. Uh, sleep should not be sacrificed. Like mm -hmm. that should be a non-negotiable every night to sustain, you know, the type of work that we do on a day in, day out basis. Mm -hmm. Get plenty of sleep and recover and uh, find high quality mentors, people who can help groom your success in areas that they that, that you want to be successful. They have a proven track record. Mm -hmm. I think that formula works pretty well. What? Because people might be listening to this and be like, okay, or like, I want to be an entrepreneur, or because we've made the, the barrier entry pretty low um, for that. What 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 would you tell people who say they want to get into it and maybe like, how do I make those goals, or how, or even maybe how how do I find a mentor, or anything to like dive a little bit deeper into those tips? Sure, I think uh, finding a mentor can only happen once you have the clarity that I talked about on the first point, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't know what it is you're trying to do, then it's going to be really hard to find somebody to help you do it because mm -hmm. you need to know what questions to ask. So figuring out what you want to do, but then finding a mentor is really as simple as going on LinkedIn, looking at people who have found success or finding thought leaders on mm -hmm. social media, uh, looking for different coaches, people with professional backgrounds, and just sending messages, telling people about who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, and mm -hmm. let your mission um, influence people to 
to help mm-hmm. you. And I think it's shocking to people. I, I think some people can get um, maybe like nervous to reach out to some people, but a lot of business owners have been in your shoes before. And so they're more than willing. Some of them are more than willing. Some of them are just straight up don't have the time and they'll let you know that. Mm-hmm. So the, the worst they can say is no, but most likely people are going to be more than willing to help younger people. And Definitely. it's really cool to see, but it's just, it's just getting over that hump about, I guess, asking people. Um, what do you see? I know we, we mentioned this a little bit, a little bit talking about uh, in the beginning before the podcast started about uh, co-working spaces in town. Mm-hmm. And, and even Gerard mentioned um, how Wilmington's like 91st in the world for entrepreneur ecosystem right now or something. What do you see as um, sort of just like the business space in Wilmington right now or um, like business growth in Wilmington in the future? Like how do you see, how do you see business right now in Wilmington? I think it's a climate. I think it's awesome. I, uh, I personally have wanted to move to Denver for a couple of years, just Mm -hmm. being in the mountains and in a, an urban city. Like I just have my sights set on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I have found in building Beanie and Blazer, how rich the local ecosystem is for new business. I mean, it's just rife with opportunities for partnership, for education, for, uh, capital and, and a lot of different mediums. Um, and so, I think a lot of the seeds that were planted five, 10, 15 years ago are really starting to bear fruit and uh, it's going to, it's going to continue growing. I mean, and saying that people were, were now bear, bearing the fruit of the seeds been planted a while ago. How do we as entrepreneurs and people in the business now keep planting those seeds? You just think we should just keep doing what we're doing or is there anything that you see that we can do to possibly help future generations? I mean, I certainly think doing things like the podcast where mm-hmm. we're having honest conversations that people can go back and learn from. I think that's that's super helpful for influencing future leaders and entrepreneurs. Uh, the way I think about giving back is I really like working with um, transitioning military, for example, who are going back to the civilian world and just talking a little bit about, hey, this is what we've had going on. Here's the tech space. Here's the business space. And so just finding little avenues that connect with you to uh, be able to share like whatever lessons you've learned and receive lessons that other people have learned. Um, Yeah. And just continuing to build partnerships and relationships. Like I think there's a compound effect in building a tribe around a common goal. And if the common goal is make Wilmington the best startup ecosystem we can, then Mm -hmm. a lot of people come around in spirit of that. Any any cool things you've seen in the, business entrepreneur space recently, like maybe through newsletters you've read or just knowing around, like seeing maybe it's tech. I know you can say like electric cars if you wanted, because I know we're a lot of people going in that direction, but is there anything in to like the business space that you've been sort of following that you think is growing? And I think uh, the homeschooling space is really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, the movement from COVID and the all these pod schools have cropped up where yeah. multiple families are doing, doing sort of a homeschool modality together. That's interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of cool opportunities for a tech play or a community play on that side. And that's actually something that I think the world could really benefit from because there are a lot of communities where access to high quality public education is not really available. Mm-hmm. So uh, tooling families and kids with resources for alternative education is high priority. It's going to be interesting to see, because obviously it's going to do, it's going to boom ish more as 
more as the times are still were in crazy times and people are still uh, quarantining and whatnot and we're not really as direct with people as we right, were right um, it's yeah, really we close. Have this yeah we have this right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but it's gonna be interesting to see how it comes out in the future too like what is going to be the normal after after all this ends i know i know people keep making speculation on things but truly like i, I don't and then plenty of people mentioned that they don't think it's going to be like I think my my pastor Mike Ashcraft mentioned like he doesn't want it to be anywhere what it looked like normal in the beginning, like he thinks that things are going to change and then that's going to be the new normal. Mm -hmm. I think more people are going to be maybe accustomed to wearing masks, maybe when they're when they're walking around if they feel sick at all, which I think China was already doing that. Yes. Um. Yes. But I don't. I don't. It's going to be interesting to see like how we learn and shift based on the things that we put in place now. Because like I think the, the the question where I'm getting at is what would colleges do if like this thing is these pod schools pop up and would they would they valuable would they value those as the same as like a, a, a private school or like a big public school that does well like how would they classify people and doing using mm. that space versus an actual school yeah and then you get into those and that's all future talk but uh no it's really interesting i mean obviously there was already the the debt bubble like mm -hmm. obviously that's old old news but i i was reading something interesting about how attendance at liberal arts schools has declined so rapidly over the last 20 years and how uh, a lot of colleges are having to make this decision whether they want to be more of a vocational or a trade school or stick to their liberal arts roots, mm. where a lot of trade-based stuff, like if you think of computer science as a trade, you know, and really focusing a, a programming around that, mm -hmm. these schools are being incentivized due to demand to start shifting their model away from liberal arts and towards mm. specific trades. So the colleges are then picking this fork in the road, do we stick to our roots and yeah. risk losing uh, demand or do we evolve, you know, our entire mission and, mm -hmm. and how we serve people? So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not smart enough to <laughs> think about it, but it, it's cool it, to be around and see things that shift though. Mm -hmm. And like seeing even I, for my TikToks, I try to do like marketing trends that are going on and I've seen what there's a, like a new executive for Clubhouse used to be an executive for Netflix. I've seen uh, LeBron just endorse Mountain Dew's new energy drink that's in house. It's not a rain or someone that they've acquired. Okay. Um, so a lot of different like marketing stuff out there, but it's it's interesting to see like things shift and sort of be involved in it, even though I'm not directly involved in hmm. Mountain Dew or Clubhouse or Netflix. Um, it's just cool to be around things and just yeah, be in yeah. a business space and somehow you're connected all all through that. Um, but that's really all I got. Um, it's been a great chit chat with you. I think we've talked for like half an hour. Or so. Awesome. Um, but if you have any call to actions, how do people like follow you or get in contact with you about being Blazer stuff? Yeah, I'm uh, at bwalk12 on Instagram, and uh, our website is just beanieandblazer.com. Beanie represents mindset, Blazer represents application. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being on, Brandon. Yeah. See you. <laughs>